Welcome to my Soul Life podcast. This is my playground, and I'm your host, Susan Scollin. I believe that we can live a life we love every day. To do this, we have to go on a journey to uncover who we are on every layer. We're always evolving, and the people around us are a mirror of our growth. Over the next nine weeks, each Monday, I'm bringing you my summer soul sessions, where I share with you a wellness topic that I'm super passionate about. I'll share my thoughts and how you can grow and change too. And join me on Thursdays for the beginner health sessions for simple ways you can up-level your own health and wellness. Be inspired. I want to remind you that all the information shared in this podcast is my experience and the experience of my guests. It's not medical or mental health advice, diagnosis or treatment, and I would encourage you to seek professional advice where needed. Hello and welcome back to our second Summer Soul session. This is really exciting and it's great to be back with you and just spending this time with you. So in the last episode, we talked about change and I hope you got a lot lot out of that one um, and how simple change can be, but how debilitating it can actually be to us all. Um, But obviously reflecting on my journey and the amount of change that I've had, particularly in the last eight years, um, has been tremendous but also for my podcast in the last 12 months, it's just gone through a a world of change. And I thank you for coming on the journey with me. And you will have seen, or hopefully you've seen that I've created an Instagram account just for my soul life podcast. I don't see the title of it changing again. So just, just so you know, um, but I'd love you to come and join me over on that page. And yeah, it's going to be some fun. So now that I've got all the episodes up there that have been released to date, now it's about just sort of sharing some of that journey as well and just sharing, you know, some of the things that come out of the podcast that you don't necessarily hear about and some of the beauty of the, the, the magic that sits behind it. Um, I often say that the outtakes contain so much gold that it's almost like, can we record those (laughs) and share that? Um, But I don't record them and I have never recorded them, but there's just so much information in that back-end space that, you know, from time to time it'd be worthwhile just capturing as quotes and sort of sharing that sort of information with you as well as podcasts are released. But part of it is all about that journey. Today, however, we're going to talk about energy centres. And this may seem really woo-woo to you, Um, you know, I've always, I've, for a long time, I've been aware that my intuition talks to me and uh, that I follow that intuition and that guide. Um, but I was also trying to make decisions from smart places. So when I make smart decisions, I didn't think that they would be, um, I think I thought I could take out the emotions of those decisions. But of course, you know, emotions are things that happen um sort of from our brain and so coming down into our body feelings come from our body and go up but just you know we are emotional beings that's what we're here to do we're not here to not feel and I wanted to make smart decisions so that I didn't have to put up with things that were happening in my life at the time and what comes to mind for me was around uh, a job that I had and a particular boss that I had who was could one minute could be your best friend and one minute could be really aggressive and I'm I just threw in the towel and just quit on him (laughs) like I'd had enough I'd had enough of the amount of change perhaps that I'd been through in that role um I'd had enough of 
the smallism that was in that workplace and I'm not to say that I wasn't immune from it, like as in I I probably caused some of it as I definitely caused some of it as well. Um, so things compound on each other. So when you had new things happening, that was great and that you enjoyed. Of course it was great, but when things were sort of underlying or there was some perceived, you know, people getting things that perhaps they I didn't believe that they should. Um, some of those sorts of challenges coming in just made it really hard. And one day I just had enough of him sort of yelling at me and I just said, I've quit. And interestingly, they didn't bat an eyelid. (laughs) There was no, oh, you can't do that or really please rethink it or any of that sort of stuff. Um, It was just, okay, where's your resignation letter? And I gave it to them and gave them two weeks notice and we never talked about it again. And then they worked on their um, backup or who was going to come in after me. So that was kind of the process. But I remember it being just this snap decision that I didn't think was a very smart decision at the time because I didn't have anything to go to. So I kind of made the decision from that point onward that any sort of future decision had to be a smart decision. So I had to think about the consequences of those sorts of decisions. And I'm sure you've been in a similar kind of boat somewhere along your line, a line of life. Um, and I think we, we've all been there at some point. Certain things for me can pop out of my mouth before I've even thought about them. And I'm like, I know it's aligned, but could I have just said that a little bit better? Could I have softened it in some sort of way? Um, but, you know, that's part of our journey, isn't it? So that's a, an example of a decision that was made in the spur of the moment. It was the right decision at the time. Um, interestingly, I got another, I was given another job within the company um, that I didn't even, I didn't ask for, but another boss looked after me and gave it to me. But I ended up not, I took it then and then I went on holidays and I was supposed to come back to that job. So then I spent sort of that three weeks that I had off just sort of thinking about what I wanted to create. And I knew that I didn't want to go back into that role. I knew there was some challenges within the corporation that I was working for or the business that I was working for that. I couldn't, I couldn't overcome and it was too small of a company to be able to do anything or to be able to hide from it effectively. So I chose not to go back into that job, but I did on the back end take that time to sort of figure out where I wanted to go. And funnily enough, the next job that I had, I ended, ended up in a similar role, you know, so it wasn't that I had changed roles or anything. Um, I I actually ended up in a similar kind of role doing similar kind of work that I was going to do for that other company, but now I was in another, another business. And then if I give you an example then of like that being kind of what I would say was more, you know, making non-smart decisions or using head to make decisions and then using my emotional wave to make decisions, coming back into uh, deciding to have Teddy, I was conscious of the fact that, you know, children don't, children work on their own time frame. I had had enough time trialing out my nieces to know that when they left, I, they, we had the best time. They could, we could do anything. We had a great time. But when they left, I was having a nap. Like I knew that that was on, on my cards. And so I already knew that having a child was going to be more challenging um, and even more so because you're in the 24 by 7 piece of it. Uh, of course, there's a lot of beauty in there. So I wanted it to, the decision to have Teddy was mine and I wanted it to be a smart decision. So I did a lot of talking with different people um, 
interestingly, I ended up making the decision from a heart-centered decision because there was no way that was the decision was ever going to be like black and white. Well, if if it doesn't sleep, the child doesn't sleep, then I'm going to get a, a nurse in to, to look after that, you know, to look after them, so a night nurse, so therefore I could sleep or whatever it might have been. Um, there was no, yeah, there was no black and white for that. I would watch my sister drop off her daughter, my niece, and she would sit up on Chris's shoulders and it would just send me into this kind of dreamy space about I knew that he was a great dad, he's got three kids, who he's been a phenomenal father to, and I knew that if we had a child, like he's the only person that I wanted to have a child with, um, and that he would love that child and do everything that he could for that child, and and that's evident of what we've created with Teddy. So having Teddy was um, an intuitive, uh, heart-centred, gut-feel kind of decision, and it was an exciting journey. It was an exciting journey. Obviously, I had the bout of postnatal depression. So, but that was when I was back in my head because things weren't working and I was pushing and I was listening to other people. I stopped listening to myself. So, there was a lot of challenges going on in that kind of space. And, you know, you can head back to episode number one and just hear all about that sort of that, that challenge that I had. But what I'm here to talk to you today is about tapping into our energy centers to make decisions. And when we do that, when we tap into the ones where our inner authority is, where our inner knowing is, we, it, it's just never wrong. It's just never wrong. I've never had an experience where when I've tapped into it, I've listened to it, I've acted from it, it has led me on the most magical journey. And yes, you could say having postnatal depression wasn't the most magical journey. Absolutely not. But I'm here with you today, right? And if I hadn't have gone through that journey, I don't think I would be doing the work that I'm doing in the world. I don't think I would have cracked wide open at that point. I would have fallen in a hole at some point. Definitely. I can see, I can see that, um, whether with a child or without, but I don't know if I would have had enough nows to kind of go, do you know what? If I don't shift this now, it's going to have a flow and effect to my child, for example, which I potentially wouldn't have had. Or it could be an outside factor like Chris, you know, it's going to affect my relationship. But you know what? We, you know, that whole, we had a good life. We have a great life now. But I didn't necessarily, yeah, I don't think that I would have necessarily have cracked as wide open as I have after, uh, after having a child. And that's exactly what we do. You know, our child is born through our womb. So it opens up that womb center, which is where all our creative energy is. So it's natural that we want to start changing things. We want to live more in alignment with mother nature and nurture and that we want to grow because it's cracked wide open and that child has helped us do that or those children that we have as well. And this looks different for everybody. So please don't think that I'm not saying that this is my path, it's the way that your path should go or could go. So let's talk about what are the chakras? We're going to start with that. We're just going to talk about the, the line of the chakras and starting from the base. So right down at sort of a pubic bone is your base chakra. Then you're coming up to your sacral, Then you so which is your womb effectively or just below your belly button. Then above your belly button where your abs are or 
my flabs are, um, is your solar plex. And then we come up to our heart, which is where our heart center is, and natural heart as well. Then we come up to our neck and our throat, so our throat center. Then we come up to our third eye. I'm just trying to make sure I've got them all. (laughs) We come up to our third eye, which is between our um, brow, eyebrows effectively, and then we've got our crown chakra on top. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. And then in human design, we overlay um, two more. So human design has those seven plus it has a G center and a splenic center. And there's little nuancy differences in that. Um, and we could go deeper into all of that sort of stuff, but we're not going to do that today. Okay. So what I want to sort of kind of talk to you about, like I said, is about where we make decisions. So, and perhaps an easier way to step into that before I get deeper, like from a decision-making space and from a human design space around making decisions is coming back into what your sense is. So are you clairvoyant? Do you see things coming towards you? Do, Do you have visions of things coming into your life or out of your life? Are you clairsentient? So do you have this feeling or just an inner knowing that things are going to happen, which is also clear. So the knowing is more the clear cognizant. Then you've got clear audio, which is about hearing. Do you hear things? And then there's clear aliens, which is smell. So some people smell things and that's, that's how they basically our guides effectively talk to us, this inner knowing that we have. And then we've got clear gust, gustus. And that's about taste. So, and some people have, yeah, when they're eating food, that they have this particular taste and they kind of go, oh, that's something that I'm being told. And for me, it's always been around my gut and um, just this inner knowing. Sometimes I can see things. Sometimes I can feel downloads coming through me. So I can just start to write and things will come out. It's like I'm being told things. It's almost like whispers coming in, um, but not so much I'm actually hearing things. I just feel them come through. Uh, interestingly, I was meditating, this has come to me while I'm sitting here, I was meditating the other day and I got tapped on the head and I'm just like, was that a tap or was that a muscle <laughs> flex? But what I'm being told as I share this with you is, no, that was a tap. And I'm like, okay, now I need some more information about what that actually means because I've got nothing else. So maybe it's more about waking up um, and keeping and continuing to do the work that I'm doing, but going deeper at the same time. So if you look back on your life, you will be able to see where you have made decisions that have been in alignment with you or decisions where they've been out of alignment with you. So potentially what you can see is the fact that you had a relationship that is going really well. It's potentially one that you're still in um, and that felt really good to you. It may be one that's ended, right? So it can be the other way as well. It doesn't have to be something that's gone on for forever, but it felt really good to go into and you were intuitively guided into that relationship through this knowing, through this feeling, um, or through taste or smell or hear. And so hearing. And so 
just tap back into those old decisions that you've actually already made and have a look at where you were told about those things. Where did that come up from you, from you within your body? And then on the other hand is have a look at some of those head decisions that you've made. So the smart decisions that I've talked about before, where you want to make sure that you've got all your ducks in a row and it's all going to work out perfectly, which we know perfection isn't a thing. It doesn't actually exist. It just holds us back and keeps us in a state of fear. So when you kind of know that, what you know then is you can link that to one of the energy centers, either from a chakra perspective or from a human design perspective. And it just depends on where you want to go. You could just stay in the clear space and go, that's enough for now. But if you want to have a look at linking that to a chakra, that can be really supportive as well. And for me, it was a gut instinct. So initially I went into thinking about it from a um, a sacral perspective, that this is a sacral decision. So therefore it's coming from my womb, it's coming from my creative center. But what I learned through human design is I actually have an emotional solar plex. So yes, I do make quick decisions from my sacral, but when I have a bigger decision to make, like having a baby, like moving to Harvey Bay, all of that sort of stuff, I actually have to sit on it at least overnight. Now having a baby, I sat on it for way longer than overnight, but I watched the wave of that come in. So the wave was more around... (laughs) okay, this sounds exciting, let's have a baby. And then it was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to sleep again. I'll never have another night's rest. And then it was like, oh, there's my niece and she's so beautiful and I really love playing with her. And then, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted again. And then come back into the wave. Oh, there's Chris and my niece. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. And then the undercurrent of that wave. And what I learned through human design is that I make a decision at the 80% mark. So once I'm 80%... I feel like the wave has sort of calmed down and then I'm 80% into the shore. I never get into the shore with a decision. It's never 100% for me. But just knowing that I have that kind of break, not because what I was doing in the past was looking for that 100% decision and it never came. But if I know that once I get into that kind of 80% mark where I'm more certain about what the decision is, then I'm uncertain and it could still be a no to the decision. Um, so whether, you know, let's use having Teddy as a, as a, as an example. So it could still have been no and look, it was no for a long time. Like, I'm not quite sure. I still need to work through this, all of that sort of stuff, but it could be a no. And then I could come back through the wave and go, actually, it is a yes. And I'm more 80% certain than I am that 20% not certain and knowing that it doesn't have to be a straight 80% too, by the way, it could be a 70, 30, but I'm in that kind of 80% bracket. Um, and just knowing that has been really supportive for me and especially around, you know, making changes to this podcast. Um, I know that, you know, going from holistic health to my life beyond postnatal depression was really about an identity shift and actually owning what had happened. Um, And it's something that I'm struggling with at the moment. I can really, I can write about what happened. I can get on podcasts and talk about what happened. What was the bouncing ball? So this happened at Christmas. Then I got mastitis. Then I went to this guy who told me that I was going to take my baby's life. And then I had someone come in the door telling me that I was going to take my baby's life. You know, I can walk through those sorts of things. 
But what I haven't been able to do is dive down into those emotions. And so I don't even know what, where I was going with that. But just taking myself on that ride and knowing that sometimes what I'm doing will be an emotional decision um, and knowing that basically when I do things from an emotional space, it's a safe space for me to make decisions from. And Chris will often, and it hasn't happened for a while, but, and I say this to my clients as well, that when I am crying about something, it means it's important to me. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong. It just means it's important to me. And so I can end up in a ball of tears and there's nothing wrong. I'm just telling Chris how amazing this thing was and I'm in tears and it's okay for me to be in tears because that's part of me riding my emotional wave. Um, and I tell that to clients as well. One of the things that my dad told me ooh, after my brother died was because um, I said to him, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry that I'm crying um, after, at a particular point, you know, obviously things happen, but um, he just said to me, don't be, don't be, don't ever apologize for that because um, the tears are a sign of how much we love. And tears are a sign of how important things are to us. And this is when we get to the emotional level of doing anything in our life. If we can understand why we're doing what we're doing um, at an emotional level, from my perspective, that is when I continue to have so much energy and I'm able to continue to work through I know that there's gold in what I'm putting out there in the world. Sometimes I really can't see it. And I have this beautiful person, beautiful woman named Larissa, and she's listening to this podcast. Um, and she will reflect back to me some of the quotes that I say. And I go, oh, that's smart. I wonder who that person is. And I make this kind of massive joke about it. But the reality is that, you know, there is emotion driving me around what I'm doing and one of the most important things for me is, a, is this legacy that I'm leaving Teddy. Is this everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm creating is going to impact him in the most amazing way. He is going to know so much more about himself because I have taken the time to learn it about myself. I was looking today at his human design chart and just exploring components of it and exploring components of it against Chris's and mine and just getting to know him on that level, knowing that he's a 6'2 profile and the fact that, you know, sixes go through three parts of life. Um, the first is experimenting stage and then the, third, the second is landing and then the third is being the inspiration and, and showing other people how to do it. And he's certainly experimenting at the moment. There are things that have stuck for him which are great and, yes, you could say that any kid does that, but for, I can give you examples around the fact that Teddy um, – got to a point with swimming where he was like, I'm not getting back in the pool. And I thought it was because there was a change of teacher, like constant change of teacher. And he was like, no, 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 I can do that now. Like, 
I'm the expert at three. I'm like, oh, right, excellent, no worries. You can't even swim, you know, 10 metres, but that's okay. I know you can get in and get out and we'll figure out the rest from there. And But with acrobatics, for example, and basketball that he's taken up this year, he just can't get enough of it and he's available for it every time. So his experimenting is isn't completed in those areas yet and it'll be interesting to see how far he goes or what he does with those and if he does anything um it could just be for him to do it socially and enjoy the connection because he certainly does that but just knowing that that's part of his journey and then the two for him is about being a hermit um so knowing that because chris will often worry him being effectively an only child that he doesn't have that connection with other kids and we're 20 minutes out of town so it's a little bit more of a trek it's not like he can just go next door and hang out with somebody there are some kids around but he hasn't made those connections yet but the thing is because he's that hermit he loves that downtime he loves just hanging out and then he will come and look for us and say can I play can we set up a play date whatever because he needs that external but then he will come back in and just go okay now I need some downtime again and often for him, you know, five minutes of play is enough for him and then he needs to switch back into that downtime kind of mode. So understanding that for Teddy and understanding how that plays a role in our life is really important for me as well. And so knowing that the decisions that I make and knowing that they're aligned to me and that they're coming from my emotional solar plex or they're coming from my sacral is really key to me making any kind of decisions. So like I said to you before, I've been in this stage where I wanted to make head decisions, but they never work. Um, I started a, a course, a financial advisor course, um, and because I'm good at maths, but it actually didn't align with me. So if I had gone to IIN back when I did that this course uh, or that course, perhaps things would have been different a lot quicker. But and they would have resonated with me, but I just wasn't ready, do you know what I mean? So I was still having to work through what is a head decision and what is a heart decision um, or down into our emotional solar plex or sacral um, area. Now, everybody's different. So I would encourage you to first listen to the Claire versions, right? Where do you hear things? Where do you see things? Where Do you feel them? Do you smell them? Do you taste them? Is this just a knowing within your body that this is the right move? And test it out. Like test it out with going to get coffee. Test it out with I'm going to go and do the groceries today. Um, am I going to go at one or two? And see what your intuition starts to tell you and start playing around with just those simple decisions. Sure, sometimes you're going to have to make the harder decision or the head decision and go, do you know what? I need to go at one because we've got a birthday party at two or whatever it is. Um, but it's okay to play around with those sorts of things and it's okay to then go, do you know what? Sometimes I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and run with it. And that's called the ebb and flow of life. That's called balancing things out. And, you know, sometimes we just have to make those decisions and move forward, but sometimes we get to play. And when we start to play, we can then start to play around with other things in our life. Like, what do I want for dinner tonight? And what, or I can have this or this, like start to start to hang out in that sort of space. And then you'll start to learn more about yourself. You won't naturally, you know, get it straight away and you might make mistakes along the way. Head back to the decisions podcast that I did recently or I'm about to do recently, I think. 
might come out this week um, because you'll learn about mistakes in there and how often we are meant to make mistakes. And then once you start to do that, you can kind of, once you've started to play around with it, you'll start to make bigger decisions. And they may not be decisions that actually impact your family in a big way. So a big decision for me was studying with IIN, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I hadn't studied since I left um, TAFE, so CIT. Uh, I'm just trying to think, had I actually, I'd, I'd done some short courses, but nothing like that. And so I, that was when I was 21. And here I am at 45, starting a course, or 44, whatever I was, um, starting a course that's going to go for a year, and it's five to seven hours a week at a minimum. Um, of course, you could always do more. There was always more reading and stuff like that that they gave you as well. So that was kind of nerve-wracking for me, but I just knew in my body that that's what I needed to do. It's like when I walked out of putting Teddy to sleep one night and I came out and Chris said to me, uh, Tony Robbins' date with destiny has opened up and it's in June, I think. Maybe it was May. I think it was June. And these are the dates. Would you like to go? And I didn't say anything other than yes and I just let yes come out of my mouth. Otherwise, I would have gone from a like emotional solar plex, sacral decision into a head decision and going, oh, well, hang on a minute. How does that work for you and Teddy? How can we afford it? How can we, how can we, how can we, how can we? All of those sorts of things. And I would have said, oh, it's probably not the right time. You know, I would have gone into that kind of, we need to make smart decisions. Let's, you know, make these from our head rather than from our heart. And, you know, I think there had definitely been a lead up to that. It wasn't just, oh, here's Date with Destiny, like, what the hell is that? I'd actually listened to a podcast um, in the February, I think it was, or the January, um, and then it led to another podcast and then it led to watching um, I'm Not Your Guru and then Chris sat down and watched that with me and then I gave him the podcast. So he, he understood what it was and he just went, you need to go to that. Like, so we had both done the research beforehand um, about when it was, when it should have been in Australia and we're like, oh, it just hasn't been released yet or it hasn't, he hasn't announced the dates or whatever it was. And then as soon as the dates were announced, he, Chris was on it because I, I wasn't tracking it from an email perspective. He might have put his, put his name down on an email list, but it was the best, one of the best experiences that I've had. But I also walked into that letting all of my shit go at the door. Um, I had no expectations around what was going to happen. I wanted to experience every single component of that whole six days. Um, and, you know, one of the beautiful things about that was that Chris also allowed for me to experience those six days. Um, so I was up on the Gold Coast and he was at home with Teddy and doing all the things and he would just say to me, just call me when you're ready. And I would call him and he'd go, everything is good here. How are you going? You know, which was a big shift for us. Um, there had been some challenges prior to that. So you can hear it in my voice. There were some <laughs> concerns, but I just knew that I was in the right place. But we had made that decision together. So knowing that, you know, it's it's not a – when you're in a relationship, it's not about doing things singularly. It is actually about doing things together um, you may do it like I did without your partner. That's not a problem. That's not what I'm talking about. But where these decisions impact each other 
I believe it's important for us to do those things together and that that deepens the connection. And one of the things that Chris said when I got back was that I just flew. I just didn't stop. I just, whatever I took from Date With Destiny, and he had no idea what I'd been through. I could talk him through it, but he couldn't understand it. I just flew from that point onwards and I've been growing ever since. Um, and I'll be forever grateful for that week, to Chris for that week. Um, I met some amazing people obviously there, but it's it's Chris that I will be forever grateful for that. And that was a really aligned decision and I've made other ones obviously since then and I will continue to start making them. So where where do you sit in all of this? What does this all mean for you? Are you inspired? Do you want to start making decisions that are from your intuition and you're being guided from within um i'm just grabbing out my human design but it's that whole inner authority do you want to be guided from that place and trust that place it's when we get into our head that we stop trusting it but like i said to you earlier it doesn't um what am i gonna say it's never done me wrong following my intuition has never taken me on a bad you know bad step forward it just hasn't and even if it's not going down a particular road or a particular path my intuition has guided me there too and just sort of said hey maybe this isn't the right path for you and as you practice it it gets stronger right so as we step into these spaces our intuition gets stronger as we go and then we we know you know, for me, I need to ride the emotional wave. With Chris, I'm pretty sure his authority, uh, his authority is his solar plex as well. He's an emotional generator, so he does need to go through the emotions, but I have the emotional solar plex. I think, let me just check. Oh, I know that I do. It's the authority. So I know that my, yeah, my that's my wave. Um, and Chris obviously has a, a wave as well, but his will be unique to him within human design itself. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much my story. But in terms of you and knowing where you're at, like I said to you earlier, start playing around with this. Just start experimenting with little things. Don't make it um, hard on yourself and don't beat yourself up if, you know, it doesn't work out. You just want to go, okay, next time I'm going to go the other way. And often it can be, you know, a menu if you can get out to a cafe. And I know some of you can. I think most of us can now. But on the menu, feel into your body. What do I need today? What does my body want today? And here's two options. Okay, where do I feel? Which meal do I feel would be better for me? And when you start to play in with it, play with it, when you start to allow it, it just starts to keep getting stronger and it helps you put up boundaries around the things that aren't aligned to you. So I guess like thinking about the fact that I choose not to drink alcohol and I haven't drunk alcohol for three years and over three years now, um, but I don't miss it. Um, It's just not aligned to me. And perhaps the person that I was when I did drink it is no longer the person that I am now and that's okay and I can send her lots of love and she had a great time. She got up to lots of mischief um, and just she enjoyed life um, and met some amazing people but she's changed and like I said 
you know, you can do the same thing too. Like choosing to do the things that I have done or the things that we have done have meant for massive shifts in our life. You know, we no longer live in Canberra. Like that's that's huge. Um, I'm not sure that anybody saw that coming. I knew that we wanted to go to the coast, but not to come 1,500 kilometres north. <laughs> we weren't, that wasn't part of the plan. But it all felt good and it all fell in together. You know, we didn't even put our house on the market. We had a letter in the letterbox. <laughs> like it just all kind of, it just flowed. And so there was no need for us to, um, yeah, to to second guess that and we could just go with it and everything's flowing here as well. Like there's been this massive slowdown and then it's like being, okay, now you're ready to go, let's lift and what else is next? And this is what starts to happen when you start to listen to your intuition. So your life may not change. You may stay exactly where you are, stay doing exactly the job you are in, but how about we just love it a little bit more because we know that everything's flowing for us. We don't push back against the fact that, oh, this hasn't been done or actually you've just reminded me I'm with the washing out, but okay, I'll get that out. And because we're in Queensland, it'll be dry in two hours or an hour anyway. So everything is happening for us and everything is an opportunity for us to grow. It doesn't mean that we have to grow through every opportunity, but it's there for us. And when we use those energy centers and when we tap into who we truly are through, um, I'm going to recommend human design through our human design. It really is like a breath of fresh air coming out and you get to practice on a daily basis. For me, it's to respond. I just respond to things, these intuitive pulls. Let's talk about, um, our energy centers. Let's talk about other podcast episodes that I've just done recently, you know, change and why change was important to me and and what I had to let go of to make those sorts of things happen. But this is within you as well. And so when you start to anchor into that and when you start to let go of the stories that are up in your head and come down into your body, you are going to transform your life. And what I mean by that is just you are going to become more you and that is one of the most beautiful gifts or that is the most beautiful gift that you can give yourself ever thank you for joining me today and i have a couple of small favors to ask if you love this episode please share it with someone you love and you know the episode will resonate with also to help spread the word about my podcast please head over to itunes and leave me a review I love hearing your thoughts about my podcast and what's resonating with you. Plus, it helps us share my podcast with the rest of the world, which is amazing. Finally, thank you so much for being here. I'm super grateful for you and I'm truly honored you've spent your time with me. Let's keep rising. Let's keep growing because it's totally possible to live a life you love every day right where you are. See you in the next episode.